0: Well, it's my joy and privilege to uh, reintroduce to some and to introduce to some of you for the first time um, Steve and Alase Straw. Steve and Alase are missionaries in Gabon in West Africa, And uh, they are uh, part of York Alliance. They were sent out from here. Uh, They were on staff here for a while, and uh, ultimately God called them into uh, called Steve into commercial flying piloting, and then uh, that was the kind of the bridge into uh, the work that they were called into in Gabon. So they were sent from here in 2007, and uh, we have continued to pray with them and be with them. And so they're going to give you both an update and a word from the Lord as they uh, come to minister to us today. So. Welcome. Good to have you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Going to see if this works. Yeah, it works OK. Great. Um, we're just sitting here praising the Lord with you. And just um, the visual to me was uh, we come to you kind of with some reservoirs, a little bit empty from being away from you. And as we've just kind of heard you singing with us, Uh, Those reservoirs are just getting poured back into, and so just thank you for that. Um, We have, uh, we walked with you guys uh, in community, and we felt the fullness of that, and then when we're away from you, we we feel the remoteness of that, and we really wish, if you're not doing everything, anything on Sunday mornings, if you could just come on over to Gabon and hang out with us, (laughs) and let's do this again, okay? (laughs) But we love you guys and we just really miss you. And we're so happy to be here today. As Brian said, um, through the 90s, um, uh, you know, I was doing commercial flying here in the States and in the 2000s. After some full time ministry, it got woven back into my life and we were asking the Lord, what's this all about? And then in 2005, um, the Lord started to move and speak to this congregation with us about helping this remote uh, jungle uh, hospital. That the Christian Missionary Alliance had planted back uh, as a mission first in the 1940s, and then became a hospital in the ni- in 1977. Uh, that's where Gabon is on the west side of Central Central Africa. It's a small country, maybe you've never heard of it, and there's about two million people that live there. We're right on the equator, and uh, it's very tropical. And if if uh, I was with you this if we were there this morning, we would have one or two less layers of clothing on it's just uh sometimes really hot, and we're going to go back in March, which is uh really the hottest of the hot season, but we've got Ju- July and August to look forward to when it gets down in the uh, in the sixties so so um anyways uh yeah, we served here we I was ordained here, prayed over here, Elise, and I were sent off uh, from here. And uh, that was the year 2000. And uh, let's see if I can advance this. I think my finger was in the way. OK, there's the, there's the uh, hospital that we serve. You can see that the main part of the complex, the main grouping, is down at the bottom of the hill. And up on top of the hill is where we live. And there's about 40 other Americans that live there and about 40 Africans. And just in the very top, you can kind of see the river there. That's where we get our drinking water that we filter a couple times and uh, where we also get our hydroelectric power uh, that the missionaries built back in the 1940s. And that's a cool story we'll talk about some other time. But um, the hospital there has about 160 beds and they do everything from labor and delivery to all the way through adult medicine, everything in between. Uh, they do laparoscopic surgery there. Uh, there's a dental clinic there's training in ophthalmology uh, and um, anesthesiology there's nursing school there and uh, so it's become a teaching school and the shift in the last few years, and, and even more so now, is to train the trainers. We want to train people that will train others. And that way, uh, us international workers become sort of the icing on the cake. We're not necessarily needed to be there, but it's fun when you have a, a multicultural team expressing all kinds of aspects of the body of Christ. So that's really beautiful. And pray with us. We want to see that same thing happen in aviation. We're praying for that to turn into tr- to, uh, training uh, when we live on the station up there, imagine living in your neighborhood, and you all work together. You all, like, walk down the street every morning, and you work in a in a clinic or something together. And then at the end of the day, maybe you'll celebrate somebody's birthday together. And so we all, the, the community there is really packed in. And Alice works, as uh, Brian says, I'm the pilot there, helping to connect this remote place to the capital city with transporting um, medicines and bringing in visitors and getting our people from uh, up to the capital city to do paperwork and then international travel. And uh, the wellness and the member care aspect is something that LA's helps with. Um, We just want to say first and foremost, again, thank you so much for hosting us and uh, having us back and uh, just being that constant link. There are literally times when we felt really just broken and at the end of the rope, and I'll share a little bit more about that, where we've literally thought back to those times that we've stood in this aisle and you've prayed over us, and that's really sustaining us. So praise God for that. Thank you.
1: So... Go to the next slide. I'll try.
0: Oh, there's, just real quick, i got to talk airplane talk here, just a second. <laughs> so that's the airplane that uh, we fly. Um, we retired that recently. We have a backup airplane, and we're waiting for another. But it's a Cessna 207, and this was uh, taken from, uh, this, this was back when York Alliance visited us. There's uh, our dentist, uh, Paul Kruth. Um, from York Alliance there, you can see the airplane, really, we have the back double doors, we have a nose compartment, we can literally almost, um, our useful load is almost one full ton that we can take in this airplane. So we'll sometimes transport uh, medicines, Uh, we'll sometimes have a plane load of people, we can have up to seven passengers, or we can take out the seats, we can put two stretchers in the back, we do medevacs with this airplane as well. So it's, uh, we call it like a, you know, minivan with wings, so.
1: <laughs> so this is us back in 2007. Amanda Cannell took this photo, and that wasn't really even our plane. It was just the plane that Steve used, uh, and we were just praying in faith that someday there would be a plane. Um, next slide.
0: Oh, I've got to keep doing my job.
1: Uh, this is how we felt. <laughs> You can't see Steve, but he's he's in the cockpit, sort of grinning maniacally. <laughs> um, so that was back in two thousand seven. Now, advance the slide. Mm-hmm. Our kids are twenty eight, twenty six, and twenty four. That's our oldest, Joseph. There by the Christmas tree, and his wife Laura. They live in Chicago. They're doing well. Joe is looking for a job. He's a He uh, graduated with a degree in theology, but he's in IT, so please be praying for him. The next slide. And then our daughter, Megan, and her husband, John. Uh, Megan just graduated from university with a social work degree, and she is working in the Chicago area as um, an intensive care worker for refugees there in Chicago with uh, World Relief. And her husband's about to... Go into a master's program in football, soccer management, and they'll be going to Europe for that, so you guys can be praying for them. And then our our baby, Sam, he's our tallest, and Joe doesn't like to talk about it. Um, He is living in Taiwan teaching English and loves it. He's about to uh, go into a master's program there, a two year master's program, and with hopes to potentially work with the US Embassy or another nonprofit organization.
0: So today, as we give you a little bit of a kind of a mashup of a ministry update, we also want to focus and join in with you talking about the basics of the Christian walk, about being on mission specifically. And when you look at the life of Christ as he walked this earth as our example, he was showing and telling about the Father's love. He was called on mission, not as an elective, but as a daily call, an element that marks our lives He said in John 20, 21, as the father sent me, I am sending you. With Jesus as that model, like you, each day is a treasure hunt with him to find out and discover ways that we can be marked and and be expressing blessing, redemption, restoration, communion with the father. And at the core of that communion, as we sang today, is that foundational love of our father, As believers in community here at York Alliance Church, we encountered that, and we continue to encounter that. The love and the people who love to encourage others and to come up with subversive ways to let our light shine, to show and tell of the love of the Father through Jesus, which is the only hope for a world that is lost and looking for hope.
1: And some, like us, are called and sent by their community to carry out that mission into cross-cultural environments. As international workers, or as many are called missionaries, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our Heavenly Father is always at work, asking us to consider how we can let our light shine right where we find ourselves. As we share stories with you today, our hope is for you to join us in praising God, not just the highs of life but also the lows With you, we want to take time to listen to the Father's heart regarding our participation. How can we be on mission? How are we doing with letting our light shine? How can we move closer to the Father's heart in mission together?
0: And Just to verify, no PowerPoint or is it coming back? Oh, it's okay? Okay. All right. So, okay. It's okay. It's okay. There it is. Okay. It wasn't okay there. It's okay here. Okay. So talking about stories, we want to run through just a, a, some uh, really cool things to be about advances. Um, this past year has been the busiest flying year. We're using the Cessna 206, which is two, sh- two seats shorter. We have a six-seater here. And uh, we've been keeping it very busy. In June alone, we had 55 hours of flying. So it's really cool uh, just a plug, as you look here, this hanger, um, it's been 20 years sitting there being a delicious treat for some little insects in the jungle, and we're ready to build a new one. So on the, in the go guide and also on, uh, the table in the hub, you'll find an opportunity to respond if you're interested. It doesn't mean you have to go, but just if you're interested, you can check that out. Um, so we're going to build a new hanger, praise God, bigger. And, uh, So we praise God. What I want to say is that normally our hangar isn't really well equipped, and we have to fly one country north into Cameroon to do our annual inspection. This year, praise God, uh, the young guy working on the airplane is Chad from Laterno University. He was an intern that came for about a month, and we loaded him up with cool tools and parts. And because of that, uh, we all worked together, and we were able to do an annual inspection, which is really kind of the main inspection for aircraft. Instead of going to Cameroon, we did it right there in the jungle and we pulled it off and now we're gonna we save four hours of flight time now we can give back to the to operational flying. Uh, we're gonna keep on doing that. So praise God for that. Uh, the next thing was without going too far into it, we fought for about a year to be allowed to park on this specific parking spot on the on a military ramp in front of the National Parks hangar. Uh, the domestic side, uh, they were making us do things that fell in line with all the airline. They couldn't believe that me as the captain of an airplane would actually push my airplane into the startup position by hand. They just said, no, that doesn't happen. You're a commercial pilot. You shouldn't be pushing your airplane. I'm like, watch me. You know, it happens. <laughs> it's, it's what we do. Um, so... Praise God, uh, I won't go into, but this took uh, writing to four top government officials in, uh, in, the, um, in Gabon, so we praise God that it finally everything came out. Now we can pull the truck right up to the airplane, load and unload. It's really good when you have uh, medevacs and things like that. You need to uh, get vehicles right up to your airplane, so praise God for that. Also, because of this partnership with the national parks, they have about six aircraft and about mm, six of them don't work right now. (laughs) And so they said, you know how we gave you that parking spot? Could you do some work uh, for us, like just every now and then do a trip? So they um, they go to some remote airstrips that we would never go to, but that have communities around them that have no gospel impact or no no church in their neighborhoods there. So this is a very remote one, just along the Atlantic Ocean, really hard to get to, no roads, only airplanes and boats get there. And it's, um, so we had some airstrips that opened up, and now we're able to – Um, be connected to them and this was another one like that except it was a really nice airport owned by an oil company but they wouldn't let anybody in but because of that relationship we were allowed in i went and i met the guy who controls the airport happens to love the same uh, soccer team as i do in france and uh, we started talking soccer and he's like hey let me give you my my phone number you come back here anytime you want so praise god for that and then yeah while i'm not there this year i've tag team with another pilot in the past rob well rob moved there uh, at the same time i'm there and because of that we've been flying more and then i'm able to do these visits like this so praise god for rob being there and he's part time and sometimes full time in in aviation so praise the lord rob our, also Expanded sort of our capability to think about what can we do to um, pull people into aviation, and so we have a young man in the community who's uh, of not of uh, in the kind of a majority faith in uh, most of West Africa, their majority faith. Um, he was able to come into the uh, hangar, work with us. We're playing French worship song in the background, and he's starting to hum along, and it's great. So we praise the Lord for being able to impact. Uh, some new people. And then just one of the last stories I'll tell you. Um, We normally, when we fly out of Gabon, it's to go take the airplane to do maintenance. This time and for the first time, we're able to do an operational flight outside of the country. And um, we did actually a medevac and uh, some other transport for a remote hospital way up on the Ubengi River, which is a, a tributary to the Congo River. So we flew out of our airstrip, which is where the uh, little marker is down there, Labamba Airport. We flew to Franceville, the capital of uh, Gabon, kind of in that sector. We did our formalities at that international airport, and then we flew to where the little red dot is on the corner. It turns out the president of the Republic of Congo to go visit his mother built a two-mile-long uh, international Airport in the middle of almost nowhere, and uh, we were able to land there instead of having to go all the way down to Kinshasa or Brazzaville for our formalities. We could cut the corner and get up to Mfando where the Hospital Evangelique Le Pionnier is, the H-E-L-P in French, help. It's a hospital that gives help, and this is some of their staff and families that work there. It's another mission hospital that's very much more remote than, um, than uh, bungalow and they've been asking for aviation services and we, we pray that we can support them. This is hopefully maybe the first of many, we'll see. So we, like I said, we did a medical evacuation for a gentleman and we transported a couple of their staff members down to, uh, back to Oueso where they could then can continue their journey. That little journey right there would have been two hours, I'm sorry, two days, <laughs> two days by car if, they're, if, it's, if the roads are good enough, that is. Uh, For my airplane, it was just an hour and 45 minutes, so which one do you want? (laughs) Yeah, so I want to let Elise tell a little bit about um, the wellness and member care stuff that she does.
1: So I work with our team, with our entire station, um, with member care, and basically that's just caring for each other, Uh, coaching, encouraging, those kinds of things, and this photo is at the end of one of our 5K fun runs that we've done. I've just... It's, like, really cool how God uses things that you would never imagine. Like, I started a a ladies' running group in the morning, and then we've done, I think, four um, 5Ks. And we're at the airport. You can see the windsock there. And um, so it's just a blessing and an honor to get to work with our international team and provide just encouragement and care for them.
0: Oh, and last but not least, I know some of you have tracked with um – a young lady that is wants to get involved with mission aviation, a Gabonese young woman now. Uh, when we first there, you can see our family. This is back in maybe 2009, 2010. Um, you'll see in the back row a young girl with uh, short hair with a green envelope. That's Enrika, and this is the note she gave me that day. She said, Dear Pastor Steve, good morning. My name is Anrika. My dream is to be a pilot. I'm 14. I would like to work with you, which, <laughs> you know, wow. But we didn't have we don't have a training program so we just started to pray with Enrique we prayed with the national church it's also their vision to see aviation have a, a training component and this is a big prayer request that we need more we need a flight instructor we need uh, people that have a heart to do that and to mentor young people like Enrica but I just started to pray Lord what would you How are you going to answer this prayer? I don't see anything, but as we sang today, he's always faithful and he'll make a way. And one way that he made a way, well, this is a flight that Enrique took. She needed some dental work. We flew her down to the bungalow hospital for that. So she's had her hands on on the yoke and uh, and got excited. So we pray that that's uh, just the first of many times. And then um, the Lord supplied. We prayed. And the Lord supplied, supplied her first mentor in the back there is Cornelia. Um, sort of unexpectedly, uh, I'm the liaison to the U.S. Embassy in Libreville. Uh, we went to go meet some new people and one young couple who are in leadership there. Uh, the um, uh, Cornelia is married to Chris, and Cornelia introduced herself, said that, "Oh, you're the pilot for the hospital. That's cool. I was last in Dakar, Senegal, getting flight and, flight training. I want to be a pilot." Uh, But here I am, there's no flight training here, but God put it on my heart to mentor young Gabonese women. And I said, I've got a Gabonese woman for you to mentor. (laughs) So that was an answer to prayer. Cornelia got Enrica going with some online studies and just sharing how she was living out her faith. And then... um, Fast forward, and we had another um, friend of ours that refurbishes uh, laptops that he buys at auction from a university in Virginia, and we got her on. Anon- we got her uh, her laptop and got her going. And then uh, her second mentor, uh, Jenna, is there on the right. She's also her English teacher. Jenna is from South Africa and just on fire for Jesus, which is another thing, a component of her discipleship that and mentoring that we we were struggling with because we live in the jungle. Enrica lives up in the capital city. But Jenna is there, and they meet uh, almost every weekday. They're together now. And uh, that led up to this, which uh, we have some big news. I'll let Alayse say.
1: So just, just this week, after a year of challenging online work, all in English, and Enrica's a native French speaker, Enrica passed her make-or-break oral exam so she's accepted to the Blue Ridge Community College uh, in, Virginia. in Virginia program. it's 11 months online and 11 months in person. Um, please pray. this means tuition costs of 10,000 per year and obtaining a student visa um, to the US as well as living expenses and it took her over a year just to get a passport in Gabon, and it took her a long time just to get a driver's license so we can just please pray for Enrica.
0: You can see from that photo, she's kind of stressing. <laughs> she's on the left there. Um, I can, uh, so just please pray, uh, continue to pray with us. We do have, uh, again, if you want to stay connected with us in the hub, we have our uh, sign-up for our prayer list. And also, if you're interested to help us, um, uh, just to stay in touch and then to help us with the, uh, with the hangar construction. And here are just a few other uh, things. Um, and I'll just highlight a couple Uh, The need for the instructor, uh, the work with wellness and member care, keeping our team unified there. Uh, We have, uh, we're praying for a new support vehicle down at Bangalow Hospital. And our aircraft, like I said, we're kind of between aircraft and we're borrowing one. The other aircraft for over, almost going on a year and a half now, has been uh, stalled out. Uh, It is (laughs) in uh, Kenya, and we're waiting for some FAA paperwork. It's been very frustrating, so pray for me. Um, And then um, some of you uh, have been reaching out and supporting and praying for us. My mother passed away on January 1st, so please be in in prayer for my father. I was just with him yesterday in State College where they had been living. She's 90 90 years old and uh, just uh, um, gave her whole family and uh, her community a heritage of faith. Uh, She lived it out. And so just pray for my father and my family for unity there. And, um, yeah, so those are some things that we can be in prayer, prayer with um, as we reflect today on back to basics, um, i just like us to look at Matthew five thirteen through 16 in closing. Um, whether you use your device or in the Pewback Bible there, I'll read it. Um, this is from the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is speaking. And he said, You are the salt of the earth, but suppose the salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything. It will be thrown out. People will walk all over it. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. Also, people do not light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. Then it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine so others can see it. Then they will see the good things you do, and they will bring glory to your Father who is in heaven. We've shared with you some of the highs, and when you're on mission, there are highs. There are also some lows, and as I said, we feel in many ways our reservoirs are ready for filling Uh, as as being a little bit weary. um, We need that fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit and that filling. These past three years have taken that toll. I, f- I think that um, it's no surprise to you. I think we've all been there. we pr- you know, sought to process them. Uh, we've sought ways around, ways over, ways through. Um, during the pandemic, uh, my flight, a, a lot of uh, aviation work around the world ground to a halt and pilots without flying airplanes are not nice people to be around. <laughs> so that was a challenge. Um, Alyse and I were hit probably the first and the hardest in the first wave of, of the virus. And uh, we were out of commission for about five weeks. And um, during uh, the time of uh, restricted gathering, uh, even our team in the jungle, we set up a, a an intranet and we were meeting together online. And that was difficult. I mean, you guys felt that too. Being without each other in person is, is tough. Um, this airplane in Kenya has been tough. Um, Recently, some of our teammates um, are have retired, will retire soon, or, or have left our team for one reason or another, and that's that's hard. Um, feeling that we weren't able to be what we needed to be for Enrica and have that instruction going. Um, of course, recently, as I shared the passing of my mother, um, and we've stayed in touch with you, and we know that. Um, it's been a difficult, there have been highs, there have been some lows, there have been some really soul-crushing events these past years in this community, and I've, I've kept in touch with the community connection weekly and prayed for you, and there's, there's more that weighs on our heart, now, and even just a alone, the wellness and the member care things that she carries, um, that is, that is heavy, but I'm here to say to you, fellow missionaries, we're called to be in a posture to praise our Father, both in the highs and the lows. We have a light to shine, and that, that light has been ignited by the love of the Father. And by God's grace, we have the full envelope of human emotion. Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He came to me, and he heard my cry. He pulled me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. Talk about hard times, right? He set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Think about that—the full envelope of human emotion—and that's who Jesus. That's what Jesus encountered. We follow in the footsteps of our Savior, um, and that's a part of our mission. So we have access to that supernatural resurrection life and those miraculous high points are there. But just like Jesus, who he himself felt the betrayal of friends, the disappointments, he felt deepest griefs. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with. Uh, With grief, uh, the prophet Isaiah foretold about the Savior. And when you think of it, isn't it great that we have a Savior that showed us a way through? As deep as our lows can get, He's been there before, and He's there today also with us. In many ways, Elise and I have felt that mud and mire in the last three years, and we're, we're of course thankful for each one of you. We've weathered that, and um, we're some days still in it. Some days we're feeling, oh, today I'm feeling like I'm on a rock with that new song. Um, we need one another as we journey on our mission, and one story I'll share just about my need um, and really realizing it in a new way was one day uh, during the pandemic um, I wasn't flying much I was doing some other odd jobs at the hospital um, but I just told a you know I'm just going to grab my machete and I'm headed down to make a trail in the jungle and I just need to make a trail I, I don't know why I just need to make a trail and I made this trail and please did I tell you you could sign up and come and You can go on my trail with me. I want to show you my trail. This was a trail built of cheers. And as I go down the trail, I'm just praying and I'm asking God uh, to just be with me and um, be my sufficiency through the hard time. And it was down towards the river, and I finally got to the river. This took many days, by the way. And um, I was sitting there one day and just really crying out to to, to our Father. And in that low time, he spoke to my heart, and he just said, um, you weren't meant to do this alone. You weren't meant to be in mission alone. And I think in this way, there's a bridge from the, this um, uh, basics, the bas- back-to-basics message of, of this past week of community into mission is there hand-in-hand. We can't be on mission without one another. And, um, you know, I tried to bolster myself up. I had been with a prayer partner. I had some accountability and some prayer together. Um, but our, our community was not what it is used, used to be, and it was pulled apart. And then my prayer partner, suddenly their family was called back to the U.S., and I just thought, I'll just hang on. I'll just hang on until my next prayer partner, and I just thought I could bolster myself up. And I remember, you know, being here at York Alliance Church down in the youth room and talking to the students, and coming up with fun acronyms like you got to be fatter, faithful, available, teachable, responsive. And I remember, I think Scott King probably told me, that doesn't spell fatter. And I'm like, hey, youth pastors can't spell good or well. Be quiet. Yes, I thought I could do it. I just thought I could muster it up by myself and keep my my sanity with my machete on the trail. but. Um, soon after, I just I called. I actually got in touch with Pastor Brian. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing well, <laughs> and I just admitted I think I've just been walking this life a little bit arrogantly. And um, I said, dude, could you mark your calendar for like the middle of January every every year to call me up and say how am I doing with having a consistent prayer partner and being in accountability? So in that way, I got accountability. For my accountability, and um, and he did, he he said he would. So um, we just, you know, and soon after um, I got involved, I I really pushed into being with my prayer partner, and ever since my life has been perfect. No, I'm kidding. Of course, that's that's a lie. That's bad theology. That's bad theology. Uh, but actually, with this with this brother. Dr. David is his name, on mission, praying together. We share the highs and lows, and we lean on one another. We read the word. We point to Jesus. We hear others praying. We cry together. We laugh together, and that is the activator for the mission. We're on the rock. We're feeling the foundation of the Father's love through those highs and lows, and we stay on mission. Recently, uh, a very large church, uh, did a study about you know, how's it really going with those that are staying on mission in their community. And they said what they found was, and this is like you know, 101, this is the basics, reading the Bible regularly, praying regularly, and then the outflow in community, having that spiritual mentor regularly serving others. And what this church found was they were pretty programmatic and had developed curriculum and, you know, kind of made things catchy and really cool. And they were like, well, that, how can we make that catchy and cool? And they struggled with it. Uh, but that's the basics. And today, what, how we are doing together on mission, um, loving God well together, loving each other together and loving one another, how are we doing that? It's in community that we can do this in a Jesus-centered way. Alone, we find tendencies by ourselves when we're alone to grab a machete and think a trail or something else in life is going to be the fulfillment. And Elias and I pray for you. We ask for your prayers during these times uh, when you find yourself waiting patiently for the Lord in community where uh, there's a time of waiting or it's a time maybe you feel it's like a new song day. But we'll feel that and we'll find that encouragement as we stay, and conne- uh, stay connected. In John 17, uh, the night that Jesus was arrested, he was praying to his father. And he was saying, you and me, or I will be in them, the believers, just as you are in me. This is so that they may be brought together perfectly as one. Then the world will know that you have sent me. It will also show the world that you have loved those you gave me just as you have loved me. Our mission together is to shine lights in our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplace, our schools, our friend groups, our families, near and far so that the world may know of the Father's love, the one that lights the flame, the one that keeps it going, the one true love and the only hope for mankind. Some of you. In this time, I just I feel like that one uh, song, This Little Light of Mine, you know, has been something that's been simple but profound, and uh, I hear you guys singing that, and you hear us singing that. We need to hear one another singing that, and that needs to be the frequency. We need help to dial in the frequency. I don't know if any of you know that they used to have these thing called things called radios, and you had to tune in the dial. Actually, instead of pressing buttons, or you could call it a playlist. We need a common playlist, and that common playlist will keep us on mission. And we we pray, we seek the Holy Spirit, and we speak into each other's lives, and we determine how subversively we can get into our communities and let those lights shine. And our, our way of shining one year was chocolate chip cookies. The chocolate chip cookies were the weapons of our warfare. <laughs> I stand on that, and I stand beside that statement. (laughs) And we baked up some chocolate chip cookies, and I took them into civil aviation. And uh, people who, like, I'm sometimes really waiting for their paperwork to get moving and everything. And I just went around, and we gave chocolate chip cookies. And, uh, and we're, I'm now known as, like, the American who brings us the good, sweet American cookies. And, uh, and that's great. And so just little things like that, how can we encourage? And, and uh, you know, I ha- I'm not, there's not a list here today. I'm not going to give you the how-to of what the mission looks like because I feel that that's, like, the, the time on our knees will reveal that. The Father will speak to our hearts together, and he'll reveal that. So that's where we'll get our marching order. So that's what it is to be on mission, and we're, we're on it together. And we just thank you guys, and um, thank, you. Yeah. thank you. Praise the yeah. Lord.